Have you guys ever been to a lost city? <laughs> you guys have to laugh into the microphone so it doesn't sound like <laughs> anyone laughed. It'll it's abject silence, Sam. Neither <laughs> yeah. of us are laughing. Yeah, you, you both really enjoyed it, but gave me no feedback. The audience is just gonna think that I'm out here spewing nonsense. <laughs> Now Jake is nodding. I'll cut that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have been to an abandoned zoo. Is that that's pretty close? What? I feel like the Lost City would be an abandoned zoo. Yeah, that is way close. Mm -hmm, right, because yeah. in the woodland. Right. Uh, the LA Zoo actually has uh, the new LA Zoo, and then there's the old LA Zoo. And the old LA Zoo is just kind of a park that you can just climb around in. You can go back in, like, the old lion cages and stuff like that. There's, like, little amphitheaters where they'd have the animals do, I guess, exhibits or tricks mm -hmm. or TEDx presentations. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we did, like, I think we actually shot there a few times for Legendary when I was working there. Wow. So it's just, like, a public park? Yeah, it's in Griffith Park, hmm. one of the biggest parks Actually, probably the biggest park in Los Angeles. I think I've seen some photos of people hiking it. Oh, yeah. Most commercials you see with people hiking, they're either in Griffith Park or the mountains near it. Mm -hmm. Griffith J. Griffith is the guy who found Griffith Park. <laughs> no. <laughs> and for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to take you on a tour of his life. <laughs> <laughs> the closest uh, place that I've ever been is the uh, in Cincinnati, my hometown. There were plans to build a subway system and they built several stations and they dug tunnels but then the funding dropped out and so there's these abandoned subway tunnels just around and there's these, like you know stations that are like you know sort of at one point they were lovely i'm sure but now they're all like overgrown and you can still like kind of go inside like i don't think it's you're not supposed to but you kind of can and there's maybe tours that do it yeah, you can go like down into the tunnels and like see what the beginnings of what might have been. I don't know why they, they didn't do it. I guess big car put the kibosh on it. Yeah, I mean, that's a car part of the country for sure. Or big abandoned subway finally got what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, have you ever been to a lost city, Sam? I've been to, and this is this is not a bit, I have been to an abandoned like... um mental health facility oh i don't know yeah. if this insane asylum is what they call them these it, was days, it called so. an insane asylum when it was open <laughs> i doubt it okay. about it. a correctional facility i don't know but it it um it was about to be torn down and my uh friends we were in high school and they were like let's go check it out let's bring a camera let's see if it's haunted your friends sound like grown grizzled men they yeah they were which was all the more disturbing <laughs> I, when you they hung out with a lot of train hopping fellas back then <laughs> yeah yeah they're like well now that the sh subways are shut down we have to go somewhere else <laughs> let's hang out with this high schooler <laughs> you ever been to an abandoned hospital <laughs> Like, we found this, like, brand of cigarettes, and we're like, oh, my gosh, they haven't made these cigarettes from since the 60s. <laughs> somebody just said that. And then somebody else was like, my dad smokes those. <laughs> when you're in something like that, you're looking for any clue oh, for something yeah. kind of cool or mysterious or a relic. 
Yeah, we wanted to really like solve a riddle to set a disturbed soul free. Um, <laughs> none of that happened. I think a couple ceiling tiles fell when we were Ooh, walking around, and that scared creepy. us pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no rabbit ambushes, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you put rabbit ambush in a real world context, it's much cuter than dangerous. Oh, are you kidding? I was having the exact opposite reaction. I was, I thinking was if terrified. I was, <laughs> if I was ambushed by rabbits, I would be well, so scared. I suppose that is, we do all have a visceral connection to that because of Monty Python. That's the most <laughs> yeah, that's rabbit true. ambush situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of rabbit ambush, we should talk about Root. That's right. This is Woodland War Machine, <laughs> a podcast it. all about Root. This week on Woodland War Machine, we are talking all about <laughs> the Lost City. <laughs> I don't know if it's spooky. <laughs> I mean, we kind of gave it a abandoned subway kind of vibe. I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really look into the theme of the Lost City. Do we know what's going on here? I'm going to see if the card has any information. The card's just an icon of the miniature, isn't it? There's no art, is there? Uh, no, there's no art, but I was just wondering if it like said anything like, years ago, in the woodland. Nope, just a bunch of rules. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't feel like they give a lot of lore on most of the pieces except for the faction stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, Root does a really good job of letting you fill in the lore of things, right? Um, they don't want to, like, over-prescribe the way you should be viewing the game, right? right. Uh, Jake, you always talk about how the Woodland Alliance, to you, seems like the common folk rising up. And uh, to some people, they seem like terrorists, right? Yes. Um mm -hmm. So I, I, Root is interpretive. How, how do you all interpret the Lost City? Like, what's going on? Is it like an old uh, place where rabbits, mice, and foxes all got along at one point? Or, or what's going on here? Yeah, I think it's like when you um, move out of your edge clearing, you know, to like seek a better life. <laughs> I do think you head straight for the Lost City. But I also think that it, it's a place that used to be this kind of pluralistic clearing that then somehow fell into it fell into decay and then just like devolved into a standard clearing. I think <laughs> standard clearing. I think they everyone who went to found the lost city wanted it to be a pluralistic society, but let's face it, they couldn't get along. Like did the did the experiment ever work, right? It was always a myth that it that it did work, and therefore, like the city split into three factions. Mm, yeah, now it's just a tense standoff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does really feel like in in games of Rue, like it is a nexus of, you know, fighting and bloodshed. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like it's called like the Lost City, but it almost seems like the Metropolis. Wasn't the original name the Metropolis or something? I think like so. That? that that sounds right. Yeah, Lost City sounds like it's a ruin, and right. Metropolis obviously sounds like a a burgeoning city state. Yeah. Also, the like kind of like the piece itself is kind of like a a Mount Rushmore of root suits. <laughs> so I do picture yeah. that that is like displayed somewhere, like almost like the Hollywood sign in that clearing. <laughs> totally. Where it still has this as like a nominal ideal, but the re the facts on the ground are very different. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Lost city, kind of a fascinating idea. You don't have to place it in 
a clearing with like the most building slots either. Like you could just put it any old place. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I think you, it does actually have a setup, right? It has to be on the river. Is that correct? That is correct. Must go on the river, which means the different maps will have different options. The Lost City, for those who don't know, is a landmark uh, that was in the landmark pack that was released alongside the Marauder expansion. But these days you can just pick up the landmark pack if you want. Landmarks, for those who don't know, are little like pieces that you put in certain clearings. They have different setup instructions that... Uh, that changed the game's rules, specifically in that clearing, usually. In the advanced setup order, the first thing you do is you choose a map, you choose a deck, you maybe play with some bots, you establish turn order, and then the first thing that happens on that totally blank map, I mean, it has clearings, but on that blank map is setting up the landmarks. So people set up and the cards they choose could be impacted by those decisions. And in the case of The Lost City, I think they definitely will be, because as we've kind of alluded to on previous episodes, The Lost City is the crown jewel of the landmarks, (laughs) right? We think so, yeah. I think so, and I'm a big supporter of the fairy, so The the Lost City to take the, the throne is, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, so much so that in the winter tournament that happened last year, uh, Garrick made the choice to take out uh, the tower, which has now been classified as a landmark, and instead put the Lost City there to kind of, uh, as we'll see with all the interactions of the Lost City, kind of buff some of the factions that need a little help, but also just not to have the uh, quick games that the mountain map can provide when the tower is in play. Yeah, and it's like dead center in the middle of the mountain map kind of the idea was i think to have a sort of king of the hill-esque strategic battle where everyone is trying to control the very center of the board and they get a point if they rule the uh clearing with the tower at the end of their turn um and then so also on mountain map there's these paths that you can clear by spending a card and being adjacent to them and they also give you a point for clearing them so there was just like free points around (laughs) and it made the games kind of end abruptly mm-hmm. uh oftentimes because you can pick up like five extra points during a game which in root is like a ton yeah, yeah it could be a whole turn so let's talk about what the lost city is jake would you read me the text on the game effect of the lost city sure the lost city's clearing is treated as being fox mouse and rabbit suit And it also has some particular setup instructions that we were just talking about. uh, And that is place the Lost City landmark in a clearing on the river. In advanced setup, the player going last in turn order sets up the hirelings, I believe. Deal out two landmarks. Set up the landmark starting with the last player and going counterclockwise. So they choose? Right. If Lost City is is a landmark that you chose to play with, the player going last <laughs> has a huge opportunity to set up there. Yeah, and so if you're fourth, uh, fourth player and you get the chance to set up the Lost City and then set up your faction and choose where you deploy your forces, um, what should you be thinking about? What, how are, what are some ways we can take advantage of this? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of ways this changes the game. Let's start first with crafting, all right? Yeah, this seems pretty universal, right? If you have a crafting piece in the clearing with the Lost City, you can use that crafting piece 
as you know to add your crafting power to any suit right it makes your crafting piece a wild crafting piece with one exception it 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 totally opens up the deck of options i crunched some numbers so with just one crafting piece in the lost city a normal faction that's not part of a cult can craft uh <laughs> 20 of the 45 craftable cards from the base deck that's one crafting piece and one clearing. You can uh, nearly get half. Now, that's not including the five ambushes and the four dominance cards, which also interact with the Lost City. I mean, you can use all of those ambushes in the Lost City. So oh uh, you could think of it at like 25 out of 50. It's half the cards for having one piece and one Jeez. clearing. Uh, in the ENP deck, that goes up to 29 out of the 45 craftable cards. If you have two Woof. in there... You basically can craft anything you want unless it's like tax collector or favor or, you know, one of the more obscenely priced cards, um, royal claim, all those. Uh, so you can see how important it is for factions to just put one of their crafting pieces in the Lost City. Some factions, that's just a token. So we can all coexist in the Lost City. Hey, it's a metropolitan area. We can all uh, be around each other. Mm -hmm. But there's only going to be so many building slots in that clearing, and a lot of factions use buildings to craft. So those are going to be hotly contentious. Yeah, and uh, especially if you get to set up at the start of the game, um, having a crafting piece in the Lost City from the get-go is probably going to be a pretty big advantage because i feel like ordinarily factions are not able to like delete each other for at least a turn or two yeah mm -hmm. and uh so yeah you'd get a, a turn or two of just free wild crafting like why not go for it if you're going to start with the lost city in your area mm -hmm. which faction do you think takes the most advantage of lost city as like a part of setup yeah uh, here's here's my idea about this i think it's the cats record scratch i think it's the cats because the cats are not they're not locked to the edge clearings of the board uh with ad set like some other factions like the eerie dynasties the keepers and all these other factions the cats you can set up in the middle you can set up along the river however you want to go and you can place the keep token in the clearing with the lost city which does two things one the ability field hospitals which says you may mm. discard a card matching the clearing to kind of like revive one of your warriors. Now your keep is defended always. Like you can field hospital. If you have a card, you can use field hospitals in the clearing with the keep. So you've got an extra defended clearing for sure. And uh, you can place a building, a starting building in that clearing. And like, why not go for a workshop? Right. A wild crafting workshop. Like suddenly the cats can craft stuff. Mm. I just I think that gives you a pretty a pretty decent advantage. Lastly, the keep it prevents other pieces from getting placed in that clearing. So someone's gonna have to come and knock you over in order to get any crafting going on in the lost city. So you're basically like planting that flag saying, try it. C come get me. <laughs> and you're gonna be able to defend it pretty easily as long as you have a card. Mm -hmm. So I think I think the cats are a compelling starting faction for this. The heat of bringing your keep in there and risking it is fine, too. I am. I will put a little asterisk and say, like, the positioning matters as well. Like, yeah. if you put your keep in the pass, right, in the dead yeah. center of the board, like, it's going to get the door kicked in. 
by someone, probably by all three factions working together. But, you know, if it starts in a corner, you have the choice to place it wherever. You could just place it in the corner and then you have a super defended keep. It really changes your game styles, the cats too, right? Because you don't, you can kind of consolidate in a different way around. You don't have to rely on like so many extra places getting stuff done because you get so much done in the Lost City. It's true. I like it. And I'm not even saying that's the only way to use it as the cats either. Right. I think that's a compelling kind of initial idea. I think there's a, a something to be said too for, yeah, starting a workshop in that clearing makes some sense, obviously. But placing your keep somewhere else, it's like, if that's a key connecting clearing, anytime you're going to lose warriors in that, you could zoom them back to the keep. Obviously, people are going to be fighting over that clearing. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I think there's there's multiple ways to go about it. But the cats, to me, seem like they take the most advantage. Yeah, I think that's that's a very compelling argument because I think a lot of factions that are doing this are going to get a lot of heat. But I don't think a lot of these factions' interactions with the Lost City involve them holding on to it. I'm just doing a brief scan now. Most of these actions that are enhanced by the Lost City help their scoring or allow them to be more flexible in these things. But the cat's abilities... Uh, specifically field hospitals and placing the keep there allows them. Yeah. Like you said, Kyle, no one can place pieces there to like start to undo the cat stuff. Like it's going to have to be a full on move an army into that clearing in battle. And guess what? Every card in their hand is saving cats. (laughs) So I think you're right. I think that is a hard one to argue with. That is a good interaction. I would say maybe number two on my list, a close number two is the moles. Yeah. Because if you can get that starting tunnel in the Lost City and just reinforce and build, like you get all the crafting that comes with it. It's really easy to get two crafting pieces if there's building slots available. Uh, Plus you're drawing cards. It's just like it gets disgusting. (laughs) In both these examples too, like you just stop other people from getting a chance to utilize it, right? You're right, Sam. Most of these strategies we're going to talk about don't rely on having to stay there but if they can stay there they're stuck they're stopping everybody else from taking any advantage uh i was gonna pitch keepers because they can get their stuff done quickly and then figure out where they need to go to get the rest of the relics because they don't have to worry about cards being appropriate in the early it is nuts for the keepers agreed and also the fact that you get to choose what card to spend to recruit is massively helpful Mm -hmm. because then you can save all the juicy cards for the retinue and just spend anything left over to like get as many badgers as you need also crafting is incredible and also recovering yeah uh recovering relics is is like extra powerful. Well, it just also happens quicker. They don't have to worry about the juggling of cards in the early game when their draws the sl- when everything is their slowest, right? Mm-hmm. So if they get it done, then their 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 machines are already online. Additionally, they have to set up on the edge in advanced setup, right? So this has to be one of those clearings that's on the edge for the river, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for the keepers, it's a little bit interesting. Like you would probably end up playing a style where uh, when you first encamp in the clearing with the lost city, you would kind of like leave that encampment up yeah, for a than, while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just a, a different kind of play style. Cause like, usually you want to kind of evacuate those first starting clearings, like, you know, get the relics and get out as soon as possible. So you can right. get to the juicier parts of the map, but there, there's a compelling reason perhaps to stay camped out because then you're ruling a clearing of each suit, meaning that your recovery around the map 
is is easier and easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Inter- interesting puzzle there on for a puzzly faction. So if the lost city comes up in the like landmark flop of what you're playing with, keep in mind that player four has a ton of power, and if those factions are al- also come up, to watch out for them getting super set up with the lost city. Let's talk a little bit about the crafting that can happen with the Lost City. So obviously we talked about how flexible it is, but there's certain crafted cards that are going to interact with the Lost City differently, okay? It's it's strange because the Lost City, it essentially replaces one of the suits with uh, one of each. So if it, if it was in a rabbit clearing, right? If the Lost City takes place in a rabbit clearing, there's still four rabbit clearings, but there are five mouse and five fox clearings which uh, really matters for a card like Favor of the Mice or Favor of the Foxes, uh, because now those nuclear bombs have an extra clearing that they (laughs) totally nuke. Um, (laughs) I've never seen this happen yet. That's not the challenge of this week, but I haven't (laughs) seen it happen yet. You're Um, encouraging chaos. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be amazing. I mean, five clearings having all enemy pieces removed, I mean... Wow. Bonkers. Yeah. And it's just so much easier to do. That's well, true. For one of for one of them. It's yeah. 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 I mean it's it yeah. It it being in the game makes crafting a favor more possible and makes the favors more powerful. So uh be careful of that interaction. Anything else on favors? Um, no, just that they're disgusting and horrible. And there's a um an extra knife twist if you've got the tinker in the game. Oh, yeah. And uh, they get anywhere near the Lost City. It's just like, oh, no. I know. I was looking at these Lost City interactions, and I was like, oh, yeah, lizards don't get to craft. Tinker gets better. Yeah, it's horrible. (laughs) Horrible. Um, Okay, so the Exiles and Partisans deck has two cards that can interact with the Lost City. The first one is Partisans, which is kind of the ENP equivalent, the Mm toned-down version of the favor cards. Um, Jake, will you read Partisans? Yeah, sure. Uh, Fox Partisans in battle in Fox clearings may deal one extra hit, then discard all of your cards except Foxes. So you can craft multiple Partisans and discard your whole hand for extra hits, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get up to three extra hits if you get all three crafted. Oh, Which, right. again, if you have a crafting piece in the Lost City, is totally doable. So then if you're Commander and have the Rat Hireling that gives you an extra hit... Um, we're talking about five extra hits. I think the total of eight hits is the maximum you can do. Wow. I think I think so. I think that's... Um, undefended? Oh, and then undefended for nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. But, I mean, if <laughs> there's no way there's nine undefended tokens or something. One sawmill and eight wood. It can happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You can get them all. <laughs> oh, that'd be delicious. So, yeah, partisans can be cool. I mean, crafting multiple partisans and using them in one battle is awesome. Uh, I think we've, we saw that a little bit in the winter tournament. Not all three. I don't think we ever saw someone with the total infinity gauntlet, but uh, <laughs> pretty pretty good stuff. It's a good threat to be aware of, though, too. If you've got any partisans crafted and you move into Lost City or you are occupying that clearing, I think that's it's just a good thing to be aware of. You know, if you're going to battle against someone in the Lost Clearing and they want to hang on to it, uh, they can wear down your forces, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you will pay a hefty price for that juicy clearing. 
One last one here is Propaganda Bureau. Ugh, you'll love to read it. Once in daylight, may spend a card to remove an enemy warrior from a matching clearing and place a warrior there. You can always do it in the Lost City, no matter what's in your hand. (laughs) It's really good, especially for a faction like the Woodland Alliance, who can make really good use of Propaganda Bureau. But it just makes this card as well. Oh yeah. If the keeps there, though, they're immune to it. Right. Right, that's that's the thing about uh, Kyle's theory about the cats taking the most advantage of Lost City. Yeah. If that keep is in there, it really shuts down a lot of the other faction interactions, which, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't think any other uh, faction can do that. Although, Propaganda Bureau is remove and then place, so I think you could actually still remove, remove the warrior. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Mm-hmm. From the clearing with the keep, but then mm. you just wouldn't place any um, any pieces in there. Yep, I think that, I, that is, is maybe worth double-checking, but... If it's not replace, if it's remove and then place. Yeah, the text is remove and then place. So it's one of those weird. Oh, you have to complete the you have to complete the order before you can move to the next sentence. Essentially, right? Replace means you need to complete the whole step, or otherwise you can't do it. Remove and then place is you do as much as possible. Right. Mm. Yep, we're in it now, folks. This is the nitty gritty. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, another card we need to shout out here is Dominance. Oh, my God. Finally. I, I mean, we talked about in our Dominance episode. I think we did. I don't know. We did. I, I had I'm a couple sure drinks. We... Uh, the, <laughs> Just to the, get through it? <laughs> no, that's the episode I was coming back from a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, so having an, the strategy with dominance is that you want to rule all four of the clearings and then when some they have to check you in two of the clearings to take away your win condition right that's what we landed on as the better strategy rather than bulking up in three right mm-hmm. but now we have a fifth clearing potentially uh for at least two of the suits for dominance to be possible so you I doubt you're going to be able to take all five, but if you can threaten five, then they're going to have to remove you from three clearings. That's going to take everyone doing it. I, I mean, granted, spreading to five clearings is something it's maybe thin. only the birds yeah. and the rats are really capable of. I but... think more to your point, Sam, is just the fact that there's a whole other clearing that you can consider. And right. one of, that clearing can go for any dominance except technically bird, depending on where it's at. So like, right. yeah, that's pretty fantastic. That's so interesting. Uh, you know, given the way the clearings are set up, if you're if you're fourth player and you're putting Lost City down, you could be like, oh, I'm doing a long dominance play here by like, <laughs> you know, putting the changing this suit to be like next to a bunch of suits and like cornering off a part of the board. That might be an option. Might be an option. I mean, it's it's a tricky play, but I think people should very carefully look at suit placement when placing that for sure. Mm-hmm. What's adjacent? Yeah. All right, so those are all the cards that I've got that interact with the Lost City. I have pitches for two cards that don't necessarily interact with the Lost City, but we should at least, I think, keep an eye on. Okay. Master Engravers. Mm-hmm. Because mm. if you are in the Lost City, it's going to be very easy for you to craft items, right? Um, so make it even better for yourself. Uh, Master Engravers, whenever you craft an item, score one extra point. Yeah. Oof. Insanely good. One crafting piece plus... Uh, in the Lost City, and then you've somehow got Master Engravers crafted. It does cost two mouse to craft it. Yeah, that's true. But again, if one of your crafting pieces is, is in Lost City, all you need is something in a mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get get one crafting piece going, and suddenly you can craft 
many points. Uh, like at least half of your points could could come from single cost crafters. Uh amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what there's only two items that cost two, right? The coins and the swords. Yeah. So we're yes. talking about all the other items being at least two points or three in the case of the T, like that's yeah, amazing. If you're going to be a crafting machine, utilize it, right? Yeah. The the second one I was considering was boat builders. You treat rivers as paths. Uh, because the Lost City needs to be on the river, and if you need to get into, through, or from the Lost City, this might be helpful. It also, boat builders is uh, um, any crafter. What's it called? Yeah, it's wild. Wild, thank you. Uh, is two wild crafters, so it can get done even if you aren't in the Lost City. I love this call, Jake, because it works two ways, right? If you are have a stronghold in the Lost City and you have boat builders crafted, suddenly the board is opening up a little bit for you. You can get around. You can reinforce. You can kind of pick your point of entry. Mm-hmm. And then conversely, if somebody else is occupying it, you now have a route in that is going to be tough to block. Uh, I think that's that's super exciting and really cool. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I like, for whatever reason, it just never clocked that it had to start on the river. So strange to me. I was also wondering, like, we'll talk about each faction, but, like, the otter's presence in a game also kind of opens that up in the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's all I had for extra cards. Yeah, those are great. I think that's a good point because, yeah, Lost City, we're going to be focusing on, like, the specific interactions that, like, match cards to suits. But, Jake, you're totally right here. There's a lot of things that, reverberate as a result of that right yeah. crafting is much more flexible so things that buff crafting are going to have a a, a larger impact than they would in other games with um ad set drafting hand drafting as well mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. ambushes tend to be a bit more common at the start of a game which means that any kind of standoff in the lost city is going to be extra tense because you know those ambushes are out there someone's holding one and you can counter it if you've got one. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it just makes the calculus for taking over the Lost City early <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. You best bring an ambush if you're coming for Lost City. <laughs> you need to have one, yeah. yeah. Well, then let's get into the meat and potatoes of the faction interactions. Mm-hmm. We're going to go uh, faction by faction talking about uh, all the ways that they specifically interact with the Lost City. All right. So let's start with uh, Kyle's uh, favorite faction for Lost City, which is the cats. Yeah, that's right. So we talked about the um, the main, I think, points. And there's just one more interaction to bring up. But uh, just once again, having a workshop in the Lost City is incredible as the cats who struggle with crafting. But that is this is definitely a shortcut to you know being viable as a crafting faction, which is fun. And great, you can place the keep in the Lost City for all the benefits that we talked about, uh, field hospitals. Uh, But field hospitals would work no matter where your keep is placed uh, in battling in the Lost City, which I think is awesome. The last thing to to mention, though, is uh, overwork. During daylight, the cats can spend a card uh, matching a clearing with a sawmill to place an extra wood token there. So if you've got a sawmill in the Lost Clearing, any card gets you another piece of wood. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, that's nice. Nice little helpful thing. Kyle, just so you know, you've, you've said it a few times. It's, you say Lost Clearing. Did I really? Yeah, it's, okay. oh, it's no. no big deal. It's really fine. It's I no think big it's, deal. I think it's kind of a nickname thing. Yeah. The lost, it the is lost now city the Lost is Clearing. It's in the Lost Clearing. It's like yeah. New York City and New York State. Yeah. It's like Cincinnati, Ohio, abandoned subway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think we've covered the cats then pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did you want to do any type of like? Oh, well, we can do a rating or something afterwards. I suppose. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I, Kyle's convinced right? me. Yeah, this is. We're gonna give you the temperature on each of these factions and how hot their interaction is with the lost city. <laughs> and with cats here, I'm going at a. Ooh, baby, that's sizzling. That's where I would put it on a scale. Of, ooh, yeah. Okay. What do you think? Can, it's you, can you give it to me in Celsius? Yeah. Twenty-five. Uh, Whoa. Okay. All right, Jake. Will you uh, have a conversion calculator uh, and just tell me how hot twenty-five degrees <laughs> Celsius is? In Fahrenheit, you mean? Yeah. It's seventy-seven. It's very okay. comfortable. Actually, that is, is oh. that's two. Uh, uh, maybe thirty-eight. Jake, what does 38 look like? <laughs> that's like 100 degrees, right? Uh, 100, that's exactly 100.4. <laughs> I'll do 38, yeah. Okay. 30, it's 38. sizzling, baby. Okay. It's sizzling, wow. Yeah, you could fry an egg on that interaction. <laughs> Very <laughs> slowly. Don't eat undercooked eggs. Okay. <laughs> hey, friends, future Jake here. The minimum safe temperature to cook an egg is actually 144 degrees Fahrenheit, but on average, you should be at least looking around 160 degrees Fahrenheit. For further reading, you can go to eggsafety.org. So next we've got the Eerie Dynasties. Okay, and they have uh, just one interaction with the Lost City, which is the whole decree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every step of the decree. Obviously, I think when people hear oh, this makes a clearing wild, your first thought is like, oh, that's so good for the birds, right? Because totally. it, it makes it so flexible. Uh, I played a game recently where the birds uh, had a roost in the Lost City and they just loaded their uh, recruit column with just whatever card they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> and suddenly suited, recruit, suited recruiting becomes possible. <laughs> yes, yes. And they took one clearing of each other suit around the lost city so it was like okay well we have to take out the lost city and then another clearing um it made it really hard to turmoil them on recruit which is you know your a number one goal when going against the birds right uh so obviously that in and of itself the recruit factor is pretty great already and if anyone is threatening you can always battle in the lost city Mm -hmm. to maintain control, which I think is is pretty interesting. Yeah. Move move was always pretty flexible. <laughs> you know, I'm not too worried. Like, it it makes it more flexible. The, the most flexible part of the decree is even more flexible. I feel like if you get turmoiled, you just can go back again. <laughs> like, that's the that's thing. The it's thing. still it's, there, right? And, yeah. and yeah. your path to how you got there probably still has a roost, right? It's always a viable target. Yeah. That's really nice. And then if you control it and you have you know cards and move it's like then you start to just like pour out of the lost city into the surrounding mm -hmm. territory and just like oppress people mm -hmm. it's great mm -hmm. so sam what do you think what's the heat level for uh for the eerie dynasties uh it's hard because it seems wild to make it lower than the cats but the keep argument of the cats really made oh man that that's hot you know? Yeah. I mean, well, the cats just get a pretty big boost from it. Mm -hmm. I think the Eerie definitely makes incredible use of this, though. And I think mm -hmm. the Eerie in control of the Lost City is probably stronger overall than the cats. But they're already stronger than the cats. So it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you it's make not them better as, and they're still stronger. Yeah, it's not as dramatic of a jump. Also, yeah. I, th 
I think uh, inter- having a roost in the Lost City kind of opens up the uh, possibilities for Builder. <gasps> yeah, to come in. actually, though. Uh, because if you are going to be able to craft a bunch of stuff, um, if you have other roosts, you know, if you have one of each other roosts, you can craft basically any card in the game. And the Eerie Dynasty expands to have those roosts. So I do feel like maybe things open up for Builder. I think that's totally fascinating and viable <laughs> so it sounds like we're giving this faction uh is it warm in here or is it just me yeah i i call this one a like a cozy log cabin you know what i mean <laughs> like a solid 37 degrees celsius yeah 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 got it all right that's the birds now the woodland alliance this okay. one is weird <laughs> <laughs> So the easy one is spreading sympathy to the Lost City is easy because you can spend uh, matching supporters, which is literally every card. Mm-hmm. Kyle, how much would this change the like calculus of like where you're spreading sympathy to? Because for me, it like almost exponentially changes the puzzle of like, okay, well, I could spend Fox cards here, and then that means I'd be going over here with the sympathy. It, it seems like it, it really opens things up. It it does. It, if especially if the lost city is in a kind of centralized clearing, um, connecting several other clearings, then you just optimize your supporter spend for the adjacent clearings, and then whatever whatever change is left over, you just spend that on the lost city. It's uh yeah, it opens things up quite a bit, and yeah, spending three supporters to place one sympathy in the lost city becomes trivial, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you actually save it for the big ones, so you can. Yeah, you don't have to match really. Interesting. Also, <laughs> outrage is. What do you think? Is outrage worse or better for the woodland? I guess it has to be worse because the. I don't know. I think it's better because if a if another faction triggers outrage in the lost city, then if they have a card in hand, they are coughing that card up. That's true. I think that's why it's better. Uh, I think it's better from a card advantage perspective, uh, not necessarily a matching card. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're really, really, I need a mouse card in my supporter stack right now, like you might not get that, but you are draining your opponent of cards. Yeah. Which is always good. Right, right. But they do get to choose which card they give you. That's true, but they don't get to choose not giving it to you. Right. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I've done it many times where you got a hand and you're like, oh, I can hit a sympathy in a mouse clearing because I don't have any mice or birds. But uh, with Lost City, you can't do that. Also, mm-hmm. if you're in the Lost City and they give you a card you don't need, it suddenly becomes a card you could use. <laughs> in the Lost City. To right, in the Lost there. City. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah assuming they yeah don't take, uh, if they assuming take out it the gets sympathy. Assuming it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they could also use that card for... One or more revolts in the Lost City. Uh, yeah, this one is weird. So, uh, revolt, you can spend matching cards to place... Wait, no, you can spend cards to place a matching base in the clearing with a sympathy token. Yeah, you spend cards that match the clearing. Yeah. You spend two cards that match the clearing to place a base. The base does not have... Well, the base matches the, the base clearing. does match the clearing, but mm-hmm. it matches but ev- this. Yeah, they all match this clearing. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can spend two mouse cards and put a rabbit base. You down. can put a mouse and a rabbit card and put a fox base. Yeah. <laughs> really, really wild stuff. And then that, you know, it removes all the opponent's 
pieces from that clearing, which is obviously amazing. But if there's another empty building slot, you could just revolt again. You could just do it again. <laughs> um, the way this interacts, though, like if you do spend, you know, mouse and a, uh, a rabbit for a fox base... When you get those extra officers for having matching sympathetic clearings, it matches the printed base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you put that fox base in there. You look at how many fox clearings that you have sympathy in, which is including the Lost City. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. So the the weird kind of reverse way this works is when uh, you're removing a base. So if you have a base in the Lost City, somebody comes in and takes you out, you're going to be... Losing half of your officers rounded up, and then losing only the supporters that match the base, not the clearing. So spend any card you want to revolt, and still, if you lose that base, you're just losing those supporters that match the base, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of telescopes in favor of the Woodland Alliance. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, really weird. <laughs> and then you cannot spend any card to train. The, the training has to match the printed base. Right. I, I found out. So you can't spend a, a rabbit card to train a fox in a fox base. It uh, doesn't <laughs> work like that. But everything else. But I do else, like your point that you could have saved a card for training because you didn't use it on the revolt. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good point. Yeah. And when you're revolting, you're going to choose, you know, one where you're either getting extra officers because you have sympathetic clearings that match that printed base or cards in your hand that you can use to train. Mm. So yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be set up either way. All right. The vagabond. This was um, fun. Yeah. Oh wait, what should we do? What's the temperature for the, uh, oh, right. Alliance? Of course. Um, Ooh, this one's like, Ooh, that's spicy. <laughs> wait, where is that compared to sizzling? Ooh, that's sizzling. <laughs> Because um, you had the same intonation and about I think the same. Sizzling level. is hotter, and spicy is uh, spicier. <laughs> you know, it's it, there's a difference between heat and spice, right? Yes. Right. 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 <laughs> Leaves it at that. Because <laughs> there's a difference. Well, there's a difference. I mean, you think at thirty six, thirty seven. 35? What did we say for cats? 38? 38. We said 38 for cats. Yeah, I'll go 33 for Woodland Alliance. And what was birds? Okay. I think it was 37, right? Well, I what? said 37, no. but they're not now. <laughs> oh, no, no. Birds are like 28. Okay, birds are like 28. <laughs> yeah. So it's cozy and warm at like 80 degrees. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, All right, sure. yeah okay. All right. Um, but again, difference between heat and spice. Okay. Uh, Vagabond. We've got quests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quests are wild. Uh, you no longer, you could just go to the Lost City and there's a bunch of quests you can do in the Lost yeah. City. Which thematically makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. They, their sheds are in need of repair. You could easily give a speech to anyone. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you do a speech in the Lost City, though, you're just screaming on a street corner. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a pile of rubble. <laughs> just off the top of Roots, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> Questing uh, opens up a little bit. It's like you go to the lost city to pick, find a job, and then like run away. It's mm. great. <laughs> Aiding cards also opens up quite a bit. You can aid any faction that's also present in that clearing with any card you want. Mm-hmm. Make sure you exhaust that item. <laughs> and then you know, similar like 
crafting every faction gets a boost to crafting uh but the vagabond you have to physically be in that clearing to do it right so i kind of get the sense that this is sort of a lantern and the vagabond is like a moth mm-hmm. and it's going to be kind of like circling or like boomeranging around near the lost city during the game to uh, to get the best use of it just sort of interesting because you could maybe lay a trap there if they linger too long mm. or uh, if you know they're going to be nearby you could position your forces in an adjacent clearing and then just go bop them I'm trying to think of how many river clearings have ruin items. And I think it's it's two. In Autumn Map, it's two. In all of the maps except the mountain map is one. Mountain map is oh, one. Oh, lake might be three, actually. Now lake is three. And then winter map is two. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the faction that needed it the most, uh, the Tinker Vagabond, uh, their day labor you can exhaust their torch to uh, get any card you want because it's supposed to match the clearing. So you can get any card you want from the discard. Yeah. Pile. Really nice. Yeah. One other, other things to kind of say here is the, the scoundrel. You can nuke this clearing. Oh, people are getting call. too much of an advantage. Uh, also, if you're the arbiter and you're just lingering in this clearing, you know that there's going to be some fighting going <laughs> on. So you could, this could be the one game in a million where your ability gets used. I'm so. here. Come on guys. Now's the time. <laughs> uh, and I guess the adventurer we should shout out, because the fact that the quest suit no longer is an issue means you can use improvise kind of more freely. Yeah, improvise doesn't require a matching thing, but if the if the questing is more flexible than your flexibility with the flexible questing, is it going to be even better? I'm going to say right. flexible again. Yeah, you can just optimize it a little bit easier. Yeah. Are there any other vagabonds that matter for this? I mean, maybe if you're the vagrant and you're making people fight and then aiding if you're going for an aid strat yeah you could pop into this clearing in like an end game situation and like pull off a bunch of points from aiding cards i mean with the vagrant it's likely that that battle will contain an ambush or two so kind of getting more out of that ability perhaps yeah interesting uh, but uh, yeah, but counter ambushes as well. Like it kind of yeah. neut- self neutralizes almost in that yeah. way. Okay, what do we think? Vagabond, pretty hot, pretty neutral. Uh, this one's um warm, warm. This one's warm. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Nothing. It's a shorts kind of day. <laughs> yeah, twenty four. What's twenty four? Like tw- yep. like like twenty degrees, right? Yeah, like 20. twenty. Let's call twenty. Uh, twenty Celsius, by the way, is sixty eight degrees. Okay. Okay. Comfortable yeah, for I'm shorts, I think, in most climates. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Okay. All right. Uh, we've got the otters, which uh, interact, obviously, because of the river. The Lost City is going to be on the river, so otters are going to be in the business here. Um, but the only faction interaction I could find is the establish a trade post action. Mm. Yeah. This way they can spend uh, two warriors of the clearings ruler. To place any trade post that they'd like there, mm. which makes them real good, um, especially if that trade post gets battled away and then they can do it again and put a different one in there. Um, that can be really powerful. That's nice. Also, they could probably just recruit straight into the last city. Yeah, because it's going to be on a river. On a river. Right. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, actually. Um, and that means that during setup, you could deploy your starting otters there and then Try and make a mercenaries pitch to people. Mm. 
like, hey, do you want to control this clearing, et cetera, et cetera? To a lesser extent, riverboats comes into play a little bit because velocity is always on the river, right? Potentially, yeah. yeah. If you were going for an invasion along the river, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the temperature for this then? Burr, where's my sweater? <laughs> no, I think it's better <laughs> than the Vagabonds. And the Lost City is going to be popular. Yeah, right. So if you have a trade post in there, that means people can buy from you twice if they feel like. Mm-hmm. Actually, not to not to like diverge from talking about our factions real quick, but like how popular is the Lost City? Because I was trying to think back to the winter tournament and I was like, well, I know they were fighting over it a lot because of its location. It was in the past. So there was always a, a lot of reasons to go where it was. But I'm wondering when we see the Lost City in more standard play, will people really be fighting to get over there or is it too much of a journey to even worry about and they should just focus on their side of the map? I mean, again, this is all abstract, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think obviously it depends on the faction, all that stuff, but I do think it's worth it. I think there's people that will hold it for the early game and then once other people have accumulated enough forces... Uh, my guess is the person who holds it in the early game will be out to an advantage or a lead that then other players will want to stop. And much like when you check a player and you get to be the one that cleans up the cardboard and get those points, like if you're the person who unseats someone from the Lost City, now you have the Lost City, mm-hmm. which is very powerful. So mm-hmm. I do think the motivation is there. I've been critical of some of the other landmarks for not being interactive enough. Uh, And I think that the benefits of the Lost City really entice players to go out of their way to to take it if necessary and kind of naturally lead into the kind of um, rhythm of uh, checking the leader and all of that. Like it really plays into Root's cadence in a very natural way. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I do think it creates a a kind of King of the Hill-esque or like adjacent type of situation for sure. It is a pretty obvious target. So if you are able to get established there real early in the game, it's probably helpful to have some kind of backup uh, clearing where you can, you know, regenerate your forces if somebody comes in to smash face. Yeah, basically all the interactions we've labeled is like how easy it is for factions to do their scary things there. (laughs) It's battling, revolting, favors, you know, (laughs) the tinker. Like, there's so many things where it's just been like, oh, that's really scary. And, like, ambush, but also counter ambush. So, like... I just hope that everyone in their own games at home has the appropriate level of, like, freak out when they see a sympathy token appear in the Lost City. (laughs) See, that's why I'm asking, guys, is because, like, I know you can utilize your abilities for it, but, like, if you are one of the factions that is, like, lukewarm on it temperature-wise, are you okay with the heat that comes from the natural part of being there? Right? Because you're vulnerable to all the shenanigans that we're talking about, necessarily. Right. That's true. I mean, I just think it's one of those things where, like, if you're the otters and you put a trade post yeah. in the Lost City, like... Otters is, yeah. Hooray! You did your thing. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, I just don't feel like anyone's going to be like, oh, my God, we have to crush the otters now. You know? Like, because their temperature is, like, a little cooler. But, for example, if, like, there's a roost mm-hmm. in the Lost mm-hmm. City, it's just like, okay, well, that has to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just a little too good. Right. Like some of the factions like the Otters, they just want to throw a trade post in there and they're actually hoping you battle it. But they don't need to rule the lost 
city for any right. reason. Right, yeah, right. Right. Well, that's the thing. Other it's factions, like, like, take hold of it, right? And other mm-hmm. landmarks, it's important to rule. With this one, it's just have pre- have something you can use in there. Actually, it's not even have something in there sometimes. It's just you're discarding a card to do something in there, maybe. Right, right. Yeah. All right, we've got the Lizzies. Um, so this one is fun and not fun. The non-fun part is that your crafting is still the same. There's no <laughs> yeah. impact on your crafting. Yeah. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, rabbit gardens there, basically crafting has to do with the printed suit of the gardens right. and the outcast suit. Right. So it has nothing to do with the clearing it's in. However, you can through shenanigans have different suited gardens in that clearing kind of fun (laughs) kind of fun kind of fun (laughs) uh through normal standard lizard strategy i don't think that this really matters um it does not matter except (laughs) for recruiting i think yeah you can recruit anything you want there. So if there's you know if you're trying to get acolytes or if you're trying to reinforce the lost city that's something to I, do. I think I think getting a garden in the lost city is like kind of nice. It's a thing, depending on where the location is. And you know, if it's dead center of the board, it's probably going to not work out too good. But I think uh, you know having a garden there and being able to use your offsuit cards to still recruit there and then score like it just helps you optimize your hand, I guess, a little bit. But again, a lot has to be going right for this to matter. Yeah. But the big headline here with the lizards is that your conspiracies all work in the Lost City. Which is huge. nice. Yeah, because the clearing matches the outcast suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They can always do their shenanigans there. Is it a good idea? No, not always. (laughs) But it feels good to at least have an option this time. It does, yeah. Because most of the time, they're just like, can't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Could do something, won't. But that feels a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you take hold of the Lost City, which I don't know if I'd recommend because of all the heat that could come with it, but you can then move and battle out from the Lost City every turn, right? You become a much more flexible faction and like things like mob tokens and sympathy tokens, forget about them. You can battle them away. I was going to say that that's the one um, advantage that comes with it is that you're no longer uh, like suit vulnerable to mob tokens and sympathy tokens. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Also, you can show off that ambush and say, come, come at me, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, all the ambushes. Um, and then building and recruiting is wild. Yeah, great. Yeah, like you said, Kyle, it kind of helps you curate that hand a little more. Unfortunately, scoring is about the printed suit. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. So can't do anything. But you, yeah, you scoring. can score those suited cards and then anything that's off suit, you can actually spend to kind of reinforce your position there. Right. I think it's, it's interesting. Um, and, but also bird cards are still not wild for your ritual. So you can't take a bird card and use it as a mouse card for recruit just because you're in the lost city. That doesn't work. So, right. Uh, so almost, uh, more restrictions than any other one. I'm going to put this one at a, can we microwave this? (laughs) I don't know. The conspiracies thing is pretty nice. I guess it's situational though. How, how many are you able to do yeah. during the course of a game realistically before running out of acolytes? Also, it's really nice for the other players who want the lizards to yeah. do something. It gets you more uh, attention for policing. Yeah, you're like, hey, sure. lizards, you gotta have to. You're gonna have to sanctify that roost because we know you can. Right. And as a lizards player, I'd be like, yeah, but that's gonna suck for me. So it gets <laughs> like, colder because the other players are gonna be more annoying. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great. Let, let's microwave let's this. Let's microwave this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say that's um, nine degrees Celsius. <laughs> what's, what's nine degrees Celsius, Jake? Nine is 48.2 degrees. Okay, yeah. I'd Something like you would microwave, that. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now we got the big old gross molds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So molds uh, can reveal any card to build in the Lost City. Right. It's like formal yeah. um, has been swayed, but just f- permanently in that clearing. Oh, yeah. That is it. Yeah, that's a good one-to-one there. And you can discard any card to dig into the mm-hmm. Lost City. Oof, yeah. But the real one here is that you can use any card for swaying when you have a piece in the Lost City. That's uh, It makes your flexibility on swaying through the roof. <laughs> you don't need it. It's already easy enough to sway anything you want. You become that much more immune to factions that tamper with your hand. Because mm-hmm. if somebody swap meets you, like you can still sway that turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what it is. No matter yeah. what they swap. Yep. Yeah, and then the crafting can get really gross. Already, the molds are some of the best crafters uh, once they decide to put buildings on the board. <laughs> Um, because they're cycling through so many cards, and once you have four mole, you can start doing that uh, strategy where you just start throwing out buildings, and you've got enough uh, ministers to kind of protect your engine of of ministers. So the crafting can get really gross. I did it in a tournament game. I held the Lost City with the moles and crafted a bunch. And one? Yep. Yep. So this temperature is... Ow! Ooh. Oh, ah, ah, oh, oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, I'm like bare feet on the sand, kind of like. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna give this one a. I think you need to go to the ER. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one a 40. I think. What's 40 degrees wow. Celsius? I'm gonna say 100 and 104. Ooh, I got it right on. Nice. All right. Anything else on the moles? It's so good. No. Yeah, it's, it's not gross. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thing is like it impacts it subtly. But in ways where they didn't need the help. Like, that was their right. restriction, was like, you don't want to put a lot of buildings down, so you're going to have to choose your crafting suits, you know, and, and stick with that. Do you uh, go market or do you go Citadel on the Lost City? Ugh, I mean, that's a great question. Market's going to be more beneficial for potential crafting and stuff. Uh, Citadel's going to be more helpful for holding on to it. Depends on the faction mix is probably the answer. But yeah. if, if you're about to be under attack, probably don't build. But, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on the game. But I would say probably market. Yeah, I feel like you just got to be greedy because, you know, someone's going to come in there and try and like punch you down. Right. So just to try and like take advantage of yeah, it. Maybe you'll draw something to protect you. I mean, for sure. You got a really good chance of drawing something to protect <laughs> yeah. you. Also crafting like. Crafting partisans, I mean, it, it hurts as the moles to discard cards ever, right, but right. yeah, I just, there's, you, you could easily set up a fortress, I, I, w- I could imagine. Yeah. All right. We got the crows. This one was the one I think that everybody caught on to during the winter tournament, how powerful the crows in Lost City's interactions are. And really, there's only two interactions they have, and one is bad for them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna but say. But the other one matters for their game so much. Yeah. Like uh, that—that's why it's important to go through these because, like, some factions have more interactions. Some factions have more significant interactions. But I find that 
the way that some people just have their problems solved by the Lost City. And it might not seem very flashy, but the fact that the crows get an extra crow every time they recruit in two of the three suits is huge for the crows. They have 15 warriors. If you recruit in those two suits for three turns and don't lose any crows, that's it. You got all the crows on the board. Well, to be clear, for those of you that might not understand, you replace the loss. The, you don't replace. It acts as one, right? But is it, is, it a, is it a clearing that gets pulled from the 12? Right. Gets converted into a wild suit clearing, right? right. So you could have four standard mouse clearings plus the lost city for five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With 15 warriors, it takes three turns to get your whole army on the map, which is insane. At the cost of three cards, which is nothing for um, the, the Corvids. I will say, this tends to be nice as well, because uh, anytime that the Lost City is in a central clearing, that's actually super duper helpful for the Corvids as well, because uh, they can get they can get into a cluster a little bit easier, usually. Yeah, you're recruiting every turn into the Lost City, right? Yeah. And... You throw a raid down there, and now all those things that are adjacent are popping more crows, right? Like, yeah, there's... It, it's weird that it's, like, all it is is just an extra crow every turn, but I think we all saw firsthand how much that makes them more competitive. Yeah, what they need is just another crow. <laughs> they got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's 25%. You know. Also, you could consider tricking in a snare or something as well. Right. Um, to gum up the works mm-hmm. uh, even more. Uh, if there's going to be a lot of people there, expo- uh, not exposure, extortion looks really good. Uh, that's true. That's true. I do think, though, we should talk about the way that this works against the Corvids because, obviously, that's an important clearing. So if you have a face-down plot in there, uh, anyone can spend any card to attempt exposure. It's so easy. Especially if three players are doing it, like it's just a matter of math. One player yeah. could do it if they wanted, you know, if they have a full <laughs> yeah. hand of cards. Well, it just makes the cost very trivial. They can spend the least valuable card mm-hmm. to give it a shot. Well, and they have a card uh, that they could do it with. Remember, with exposure, you need to have one in the clearing. And now right. all of them are in the clearing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's just a limitation we forget about when we talk about exposure. But now that yeah. limitation is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it only works on that one plot. So it, even though it it does yeah. definitely mean that that plot can be exposed a hundred percent, but you're ninety eight percent. But like, but Sam, you're going to be plotting in the Lost City almost every time, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Plus, if you are fourth player and you pick Corvids and set up the Lost City, start your plot there. Uh, but you'd be going fourth, so people would be able to guess it. I guess if you're going first. Yeah, but they're going to guess it. But then you probably it? wouldn't okay, be able to. Okay, hold on. Like, think about that for a second, though. Three cards starting. I guess they might want to. Or would they try to hit it off? Yeah, they would want to expose it. When I played with um, Walrus Law and that crew, the real experienced players, um, on turn one, I did not guess that the plot was an extortion. I just didn't guess. And they all acted like that was a bet that I should have guessed. Um <laughs> And I guess I would, I should have, but it wasn't an extortion, which is what I would have guessed. So, <laughs> looks like I did the right thing. Yeah, you meta gamed the meta. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was a bomb, and all my pieces were gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still recovering. 
All right. Always put a bomb in the lost city. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, so for the Corvids, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think that's really strong, getting an extra little crow dude every turn. Yeah, I think this is... I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Even though it's such a small interaction, the way yeah, just the way it buffs the crows is is very very apparent once you play with it. Yeah, majorly helpful. And they don't yeah. really have to be there to take advantage of it, which is pretty nice because they're it's always a passive. Yeah, boost, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna, also giving this a forty. I'm going to say a forty-one. Okay. 41. Whoa, that's hot. Yeah. Let's move on to Lord of the Hundreds. We've got the rats, and kind of in addition to the crafting buff that we get from placing a stronghold in this clearing, which would be kind of kind of great. Mm-hmm. Building an additional stronghold is super easy, right? right? Any card. It's a pretty card-starved faction. Uh, so making your way into the lost city and building a stronghold is something you should aim for i would i would guess mm-hmm. so aim for it because like we said the river clearings have some ruins and uh taking control of that you can get down a mob token start to get some items could be good yeah it's a it's a great one the only real interaction here has to do with those mob tokens when you roll the mob die if you have a mob adjacent to the lost city you will place a mob in the lost city if that's what you choose mm-hmm. yep. uh, you won't get you know, you can't get bad luck on the rolls if you're adjacent to the Lost City. So that's nice. And then inciting, you can spend any card. So yeah. that, that makes that more flexible as well. This one is another... Uh, I think we're going to need to microwave this. <laughs> it it doesn't take anything away. I guess the Lizards doesn't take anything away either. It's just not much. It's a lukewarm thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this. Yeah. This it doesn't fun. like... Uh, unleash the power of this faction really it just did yeah some improvements here and there crafting is a little easier i guess yeah this is like something you're into the demoted side of a hireling equivalent to the rats (laughs) where you're like oh yeah i guess i have this sure you know um but not a big deal but moving on to something that's a pretty big deal we got our last faction here the badgers Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fun interactions with the keepers and iron um i would say the main thing i think about with the badgers is early game when you're trying to figure out how to field your army and build up your retinue you don't face the same tough decisions if you have a way station in the lost city because you can spend whatever off suit cards you have in hand to recruit and get that army going right away, which is so, so handy. Um, you just re- really get an optimal board presence going straight away. Also, in terms of the retinue, you can always battle in the Lost City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always move from it, and you can always recover in it. And the last interaction that uh, I think is pretty strong here is when recovering a relic, you want to be in uh, ruling clearings that are all matching mm-hmm. the same suit as the way station where you're recovering it. So if you have a way station in the Lost City that functions as all suits, then you can just go around the board ruling different suited clearings and recovering basically like with a free clearing ruled, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and in our Badger's Guide, we talked about the strategy of like holding three matching clearings 
and then just having a recover squad go over, grab those relics, and bring them back to your, like, recover base, you know, of those three clearings. And with the Lost City, it, it's so easy because you could even change which suit those three clearings are in with relative ease. Right, and you don't even need to hold the literal Lost City itself as the recover base either. You can have the recover base be whatever suit, right. and the Lost City is just always contributing. Yeah. This is, like, really huge, too, if the Lost City is in the central clearings because they're right. adjacent to so many more forests than those outer ones, right? Absolutely, yeah. But even if it's in a starting clearing on the edge or something, I think it's still valuable to hold on to For it sure. as the keepers and, and keep some presence around. It feels like it multiplies its benefit, which I don't think is true for all the other factions because they don't care about forest adjacency. I guess the Vagabond kind of does, but, like, this is especially beneficial on like the mountain or I guess the winter map center clearings would be pretty nuts too. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it just boosts uh, their crafting as well, which is always helpful for the keepers. So this one is definitely like, Oh, this is blazing. Oh, this one is, um, the roof uh, is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Call the fire department. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're giving this one a 41 as well. Cool. Ooh. 104. Oh, what's what's the what's the temperature that fire happens at? What's the temperature that fire happens at? What yeah, do molecules Oh yeah, I love this Google search. Does fire happen at? Orange flames range from 1100 degrees to 1200 degrees Celsius. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, wow. <laughs> 2012 degrees. Okay. Oh. 2012, Kyle's favorite movie. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Um, so that is all of the faction interactions we have with the Lost City. And that's going to bring us to today's challenge. Challenge, challenge, challenge. So, uh... Each episode of season three comes with a challenge, and this challenge is find a Lost City interaction that we didn't cover. So if there's any interaction with the Lost City that we haven't pointed out, go ahead and at me on Discord, at Murder She Root, on the Good Time Society Discord under the Woodland War Machine channel, and uh, I will let you know if you have won. Also, for the future winners, we got to, or uh, for all the future and past winners, uh, we should let them know this. You can put a star in your name, okay? You can put a special star in your name. That way we know you've won a challenge. You know what I mean? Um, that's optional. You don't have to do it, uh, but you've earned the right. And if there's people out there that are <laughs> there, like, yeah. I could just put a star in my name even if I didn't win the challenge. Nuh-uh. We will be removing stars quite liberally throughout the next few weeks, <laughs> yeah. my friends. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. none nice of that try. star shenanigans, okay? <laughs> this isn't Twitter where you can just verify yourself easily, all right? <laughs> you got to come through us. Yeah, mm -hmm. you got to come through the whole Woodland War machine. But if you do want to spend $8 for a star next to your name, you could always hop <laughs> over to the Patreon. <laughs> Oh, where we'll allow you to put a star in your Discord handle. Yeah, that's right. You have to earn it or pay us. Those are the only ways you get a star. All right. Uh, very, very funny. Although I do want to say that I think there are some interactions that we have not mentioned with the Lost yeah, City. I think there are that's several. Right. Uh, there's, uh, I guess several is technically correct. There is three. 
And they have to do with the hirelings. This is me getting out my hireling cards. I got three here, and two of them are on the same hireling card. We'll start there. Uh, this is the Woodland Alliance hireling. We'll start with the demoted side, Rabbit Scouts. Rabbit Scouts. As the controller, as defender in battle, before the roll, you may spend a card matching the battle clearing to use the higher roll and make the attacker use the lower roll, like Guerrilla Warfare. Yeah. This is great. It makes defending the lost city even easier. Yeah. You can imagine the cats with the keep and rabbit scouts and three partisans, and they're untouchable. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Actually, we should say that this combines with partisans really nicely. Yeah. Because you would be discarding those cards anyway. anyway. Right. So you're just pitching a card to, like, do well in the battle and deal an extra hit. Nice. Which is fun. And you get to decide about that order as well, which is... Uh, well, actually, the partisans would trigger later, right? Um, after Rabbit Scouts's kind of window, so very cool. Yeah. All right, and then the reverse side, the Spring Uprising. To battle the Uprising, the attacker must discard a card matching the battle clearing. Right, and the threat, of course, is that with those little pieces around, they could blow up a clearing. Right, right, right. That's the second part. Here is they roll the Uprising die and. Depending on the suit of that die, which for the Lost City doesn't matter, any side is good, you must remove an uprising warrior and all enemy pieces from a matching clearing. Or you may you must place an uprising warrior in a matching clearing. Mm-hmm. So every turn you could be placing a warrior in the Lost City, and no matter the die roll, if that warrior stands, you could blow up the whole clearing. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Spring Uprising with Lost City is no joke. That The only way to stop that really is the cat putting the keep there. Yeah. that I mean, that's Orange Flame levels of heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Orange Flame. <laughs> um, and then we've got the Feline Physicians. Whenever any of your faction warriors are removed, you may spend a card matching their clearing to place those warriors in a clearing with your faction pieces instead of your supply, like field hospitals. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so if they're being removed from the Lost City, you can spend a card and place them in any clearing that you have pieces in. You can spend any card you want. Um, and if you still have pieces in the Lost City, you can throw them right back there. Ooh, there's some interesting possibilities here combined with a dominance play. Ooh. I've been thinking about root scenarios lately because we've got all these like fun hirelings and like I just feel like wouldn't it be fun to like design a thing where it's like... Um, under the oppression of the cult, right? And it's like the lizards start out with like a like a couple gardens and like a bunch of uh, warriors and like a crafted improvement or whatever. And it's like on the other players to kind of like crack the code or something, you know? I think that there could be some more scenarios and stuff that, that we could be designing as, as fans of the game. I think that's a super cool idea, Sam. I remember early on before the Marauder expansion um, when there was the tavern scenario. I think Marcus mm-hmm. the Cat yeah. came up with the tavern scenario. And I remember that being really interesting. But that was kind of like the prototype of hirelings, truthfully. Uh, the, the way you would hire these uh, vagabonds that weren't in the game that gave you like little extra actions and stuff. Um, but I, w- I would like to see more scenarios 
I think that's super interesting. I think that's fun. If those exist and I'm unaware of them, please let me know. For those who don't know, is a scenario defined as like a pre-setup with a different objective uh, kind of situation or like bonus? Is, how is it different from just homebrew content? Yeah, I picture that it, it has to do with certain setups. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the factions are all chosen ahead of time. It's not like... The board is essentially set up and you take a role of someone there, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I mean, kind of the original root setup is a scenario. Yes. Where the cats are in control yeah. and the birds have been onto the corner, right? So I'm looking for some things like that where other factions might be in a position of power at the beginning and it's on the table to talk to like, or yeah, the table to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, we that. kind of forget that the original route was very much that. It was kind of like there was only a few alternate setup options. I mean, right. where buildings were placed, obviously, but like it was really just the birds and the cats just <laughs> yeah. in a dynamic thing. And setup has just become more and more unshackled, which I think is pretty cool because the original, original board had the keep always in the top left. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Really always in the bottom yeah. right. Yeah. It was also purple they were purple the cats were purple yeah that 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 was never printed uh for people to buy but yeah sure sure but as like a method of design or like a a scenario to start with and yeah with ad set it's like we've like totally unchained the setup which is fantastic but if uh if there's any brilliant ideas out there uh for starting scenarios i would love to hear it because i also love a good challenge and i love a good theme challenge like Maybe something with the river, like give the Lord of the Hundreds a nice like stronghold along the river or something. River rats. Mm. Everyone has to fight them. Like, uh, who knows? <laughs> that's fun. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Woodland War Machine. <laughs> this has been Woodland War Machine, right? This, this was Woodland- has been. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we've been hyping this episode up for a long time. Lost City is one of the best pieces of content uh, to come out for Root in a long time. It's definitely the crown jewel of the landmark pack. Yeah, I would give, in terms of a landmark, I would definitely say this one is like, ooh, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, there's some in there that I'm like, I think that this has been frozen for 2,000 years. And this one, I don't feel that way. This one's molten lava. This changes a game. Yeah. You won't, in, you won't, in really fun and interesting ways. Yeah. You won't play a game with the Lost City where you're going to be like, oh, nothing uh, happened with it. It will always be interacted with. And it's just fun to have your mind blown by <laughs> some kind of something that another faction does. And then you're like, I never even like factored that this was possible. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's terrifically um, complex and delightful. Good job, Lost City. You really did it, pal. Good job being awesome. We're going out to <laughs> ice cream after this one. I know. I know some of these other factions or these other landmarks are going to be like, yeah, and that's what it does. All right, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, well, there'll be four-minute episodes. Don't get me started on you, Elder Treetop. If, yeah, it's all it's all the treetop. If you were playing a game with landmarks, uh, force this one to be in your game. <laughs> Just put it to the top of the deck and then play with it. We want to hear stories. Right, well, I mean, uh, I, I guess we'll do um, landmark ranking in a different episode. This one's number one. Right. Yeah, this one's number one. Okay, yeah, and then you, we'll you know do that. we'll do the landmarks rankings for all the other landmarks. It goes this, and then separate system. All the other landmarks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Starts at D tier. <laughs> um, I imagine we'll do an episode where we just talk about all the other landmarks in one episode, but this one deserved its own. Another episode of Woodland War Machine. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. I didn't know if you were talking about another podcast or something. All right. Well, now it's on you to find the way out. Oh, I thought you were going to say, now it's on you to start another podcast. <laughs> you know, um, when you're in an abandoned subway, what you should try to yell down the corridor to make a fun echo? Is that a question? Yes. <laughs> Are you uh, ready to record? I am recording. I, I have to get coffee. One second. <laughs> this is the earliest episode of Woodland War Machine we've ever recorded. Earliest in the day? <laughs> yeah, what else would I mean? Um, ahead Before of schedule. Before release. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Jake. I didn't mean to get snarky. Thank you for apologizing. I, I'm willing to apologize. The score is one to one. <laughs> Have you watched Time Crimes yet? No. Totally forgot about it. I got to write this down. You wrote it down last time, too. Oh, you know what? Check this out. Here's a piece of paper. The only thing written on it. <laughs> Damn it, I can't, I can't see it. That right there, time crimes. <laughs> you put it on the, just a random piece of paper, an 8 by 10 and on the back of it is what? It's, um, it is actually the back of a confidential inspection report on my house. <laughs> After you're dead 50 years from now, your kids are going to be going through your estate and they'll be like, look at this report they have from, what are time crimes? And then all of the crimes that they've been noticing make sense because although I'm technically dead, I'm still committing crimes. Your Honor, past. I believe my father actually traveled from the past into our present and is committing these crimes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine being a lawyer and you're like, hold on, Your Honor. Time travel is real and it's important that you go with me here because I have a lot of specific evidence that rides on that. Exhibit A. <laughs> Which is also Exhibit 9, which we'll <laughs> get to. But in a to. different timeline. <laughs> because in that timeline, we use numbers for evidence instead of letters. <laughs> we can't do two cold opens on time travel. We can't. <laughs> or actually. have we, we already? Can, <laughs> we, we, we went back and did it again. 